Warning, this is an explicit episode with adult themes and language. Please put your earphones on and listen to this in private. Nafisa, it's time for our podcast. Can you hurry up? Taz, I'm coming. Jude has the hoover on. You can't stay with me. You have to go to bed now. Good night, Good night, baby. Good night, children. Let's play Lego. Sorry? Five minutes. Come on, let's go to bed. Can't say with me, Allah. You need to stop playing. I'm Nafisa. And I'm Tasneem. Grab a cup of tea or coffee and some snacks and join us for a chat after hours. Just two Muslim mums kicking back, having fun. And talking about life, relationships, family, motherhood and more. Welcome to the madness that is our lives. and welcome back to another episode of Not Another Mum Pod. Our recent episodes have been quite emotional and hard-hitting, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. I mean, when we spoke about our own marriage encounters, what, back in episode two, I think? Yeah, um, yeah. Listeners, if you haven't heard it already, do go back and listen. We released a short bonus track after that as well, um, covering some pretty comic moments of meeting potentials. But today's show, we'll kind of touch on that and it will be very insightful and reflective of actually what goes on these days. Especially as it's a pandemic, so it's with special reference to that. Um so Taz, let's get real. What on earth is halal dating? I mean, Islamically speaking, we've only got the concept of supervised courtship. And I don't know if you know this, but the concept of courtship was actually a thing in Muslim societies originally for centuries. But this was then subdued during colonization where social restrictions and segregation was imposed by Britain and Europe. So, you know, this concept of halal dating, shed some light on it, Taz, since you're the cool and hip one. What? You know. Be more in trend with today's shenanigans. So uh, hang on a second. I mean, I, I... But I'm the cool and hip one. You're basically saying I'm the irreligious one. No, I'm basically saying you're the cool and hip one. I'm the one with the broken hip. No, you're no. the one, love, who actually got married online back in the day. So you were a trendsetter. Do you know what I actually was, but I just didn't know it. Um, okay, so you know what I think? I think we get too hung up over the terminology that's used. You know, yeah. so dating can mean whatever you want it to mean in a non-Islamic context. Um, it means, you know, two people, people meet, they hook up. It can be hooking up. It could be getting to know each other to have a serious relationship. It could be pretty much anything un-Islamically. But I think in a halal context or a Muslim context, it's just a term that's used when you meet someone for the purpose of marriage and, you know, with no intention to have sexual intimacy. You know, you're just getting to know somebody to see if you're compatible or not. And I think that's what's been coined as halal dating. So in terms of the Western concept of dating, where, you know, you said they want to meet each other with the intention of hooking up or having sex, they're looking for a sexual intimacy, but the Muslim version is looking more for emotional intimacy. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So so in mainstream Islam, just to clarify things, the concept of meeting others without a chaperone, i.e. the wali or guardian, who's considered to be the mahram, is actually not permissible. That's what mainstream Islam generally accepts. So even when you're getting to know somebody, it has guidelines and some limits around it. Um, and once you feel you've gotten to know them, for the main purposes of marriage, for example, all your questions are out of the way and you feel comfortable that, yes, this is the person and there's no other reason to continue the talk. You're not meant to elongate that 
conversation and become emotionally close to them due to the risk of fitna. So what do you think has changed in our community today that blurs these lines? And why do you think more people are now interested to get to know someone by dating them? Just before you answer that question, in some cultures, for example, the Maldivian culture, it's very common to date, including amongst religious families. They have their wali present and they allow the prospective spouses to get to know each other over a prolonged period of time. And I've seen that firsthand myself. And it's actually part of the culture. The ones who are not religious, they probably go out and do the full hog, you know, going out by themselves, dating as you would in in the Western world. But the religious ones as well, I've seen that they go out in groups. The parents know exactly where they are, what time they're coming home, including teenagers, you know, they allow it for the purpose of marriage. So what do you think has blurred the lines in UK, let's say? I think, um, come on, let's face it, when it comes to Islam, the lines are completely blurred now. With every aspect of Islam, whether it's the hijab, whether it's eating halal, uh, whether it's music, whether it's dating, everything's blurred. And I think that is just such a deep conversation, Nafisa. You know, things have changed. You can't blame it on social media, but then you can a little bit as well. People have changed. Times have changed. And Islam is supposed to remain the same throughout the ages. But the world has changed and people seem to be changing along with it. When Um, I was young... You know, we thought watching TV was haram. Does anyone think that now? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) You know, exactly. Yeah. So would you say we've evolved with time? I don't want to use the word evolution. Because the word evolution means that we were not progressive before. You know, and I don't want to use the word progressive. I don't want to use the word modernization, you know. So every word I'm thinking of to describe this shift um, isn't working. So I think it's just a shift. It's a shift in society. It's a shift in the way people think and the way people behave. Okay, do you think it's westernization then? Be honest. I don't know if it's westernization. Is it globalization? You know, Mm. everyone (laughs) knows so much about everybody else's culture and you're exposed to so much across the world. So the way you think and what you believe in, it changes, doesn't it? Yeah, I blame those um, Indian dramas, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, those Bollywood dramas, you know, they make it sound so glamorous. Blame TV in general. That's what my dad would say. I, I, I told you TV's fit now. I told you TV's fit now. You only watch the news, yeah? yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just different. And now it's like the world has just changed. I don't even know how to say it apart from that it's changed. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Like I said before, you know, that the concept of this, let's say, dating, but in the halal way with a chaperone, you know, existed within the Muslim communities to begin with. Um, so I think we're quite progressive that way. Actually didn't exist in the Western communities at that time. Just going back to me, for example, and you mentioned it earlier in a rude way. So, um, <laughs> I'm giving proof that you I'm know, not, not. I said you're a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You did trendsetter. So I'm living proof that online sites are not all about just dating and having a quickie or anything like that. Um, but it's a huge problem these days that a lot of men out there, to put it bluntly, they're looking for sex and they're not really serious about committing. I don't even want to say that they want to date. They're just looking for what they think is easy or what they find and is uh, wonderful. It's some women as well. It's not just men. Uh, That's so true. I I don't know why women never enter my head when I think of these things. Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right. But statistically speaking, um, and speaking to many people that I know, a lot of the men out there are looking for that one thing. And I know it's a blanket statement to make, and I'm not going to be apologetic about it. I've heard too many stories about how marriage apps are actually dating apps for that. Um, Although I know a percentage of them do have success, there's a huge number of people who don't. And that's mainly down to these Predators. It's that's women okay. as well, you know, so the app's there. Yeah. And if you want to go down with anything that exists, yeah. any technology that exists, yeah, you yeah. can use it to do good, you can use it to do bad. 
bad, right? Yeah. Getting married is something good. It completes half of our deen. Or you could use it to have an extramarital affair, right? That's With so TV, true. you can watch the news and good documentaries or you can watch porn. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything, yeah. So we're all accountable for our own actions anyway. So yeah. it, do, it does come down to intention and what you're there for. Yeah, exactly. And that brings me to our guest, Miriam Buyan, who's the founder and CEO of Cake Face Makeup. She holds a master's in education. She advises on several boards and committees in the community and utilises her roles as vice chair of her local faith forum and trustee of her local community centre to speak publicly on a variety of issues. She also aims to complete a PhD and advise on education at governmental level in the future. Welcome to the show, Miriam. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome, Miriam. We're so excited to be finally talking to you. I've heard so much about you from Taz and I asked her, um, where does she find these amazing friends, mashallah? Nafisa, uh, amazing people attract other amazing people. Hello. <laughs> Actually, that's absolutely true. But really, she has some... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she has some really interesting friends, let me tell you. Um, no pressure, Miriam. You're probably feeling it now. Like This has to be some really interesting and exciting conversation, you know? that gets everyone juices flowing Uh, we are in a pandemic we are in a lockdown and we're at home so you know we have to get entertainment where we find it Miriam I hear your makeup company actually builds confidence through workshops now that's super interesting can you tell us a little bit more about that briefly Yeah, sure. So I realised that there's a real gap in the market in terms of bringing together people who love makeup, but want to look and feel good at the same time. So really, I just designed a series of workshops to bring people together to kind of bond over a shared love of makeup, I guess, but also feeling good about themselves along the way. Alhamdulillah, I think it's something I'll definitely look into and we'll drop that link onto our show notes as well, in case anyone's interested. Miriam, as you know, we're here to talk about the pitfalls of halal dating in a pandemic. Um, (laughs) Can you start off by telling us just a little bit about you, um, how you're meeting men, prospective partners before the pandemic, where you are in your you know, quest or search to find the right partner? So, yeah, just give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah. So um, obviously born and raised in London. Um, parents are from Bangladesh and I work as a teacher and a makeup artist. So obviously I'm either around children or women most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was also married before. I'm now divorced. Um, And so it's definitely harder, I would say, trying to find somebody in London, in a busy city like London. Um, But add in a, you know, throw in a pandemic and it's a whole different ballgame, I would say. Can you tell us how this pandemic has affected your life? So what were you doing before and what do you have to do now to find somebody? I think generally it can be really difficult to find somebody you know, whether you're Muslim or not. And I think before the pandemic, actually, it was more about meeting people through friends or maybe when you're out and about um, or online even. And now it's it's completely different. Yeah. So what did you do before? Uh, did you meet them through friends and family? And where did you go? Can you just give us a little detail about that? Yeah. So it wasn't um, so much through family, I would say, and not so much through friends either. It was more kind of um, at different sort of events and things. So let's say, for example, you've got an, an event where you go and look at an exhibition, for example, or you go to a talk and that sort of thing. Then it felt more organic. But does that actually happen, Miriam? Do you Are you the kind of person, say you're at an exhibition, you're admiring 
doing the art and some hot guy just like randomly strolls over uh, to you and you're like and they're like hey you're better than any of the art that's on the walls <laughs> something like that I wish I wish Taz. Um, no it's not quite like that but I guess it's more on a sort of friends level when you begin because you don't want somebody kind of coming on too strong anyway um, it might be just someone coming up to you and and saying what do you think about this painting for example and then you're less on edge I guess because it doesn't seem like they're coming over and asking for your number straight away I kind of prefer that approach I'd say okay Taz be honest have you been to one of these events where have I been my whole life because nothing like this has ever happened to me like I've always wanted it to to be honest obviously pre-marriage yeah I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to go to an event and somebody comes up and tries it on and I could be like yeah sorry I'm not interested it happened what the okay, hell full, full disclosure <laughs> okay I can't believe I'm saying this on air I have been to a marriage event with a relative not for myself for my relative that's what um, they all say that's no no seriously I was young um but it was actually done in such a you know I'll, I'll say the word halal here it was done in such Islamic way first of all it was a marriage talk I think brother Ajmal Masrur led it and straight after that you had to fill in these little application forms so you've put in your profile details and they're all stuck onto this one wall and obviously you're there with your chaperone whoever it is whether it's your wali or your mom or whoever so the brothers go over to the sisters section the sisters go over to the brothers section and then you just choose whoever you're interested in and then you hand it over to some of the supervisors who are there and then they check to see if anyone's expressed interest to you as well and if any interest matches and they say okay there's a match here there's a match here who do you want to speak to and then you go away and speak to them in a corner and get to know them. So it's so, like the Islamic version of a speed dating event. It absolutely was that. And um, I have to say, there was one brother that we got the details of and he was interested in me. And I got to know him a little bit via email. And uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. So it, it ended there. Guys, what about you, interrupt. I just want to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that, the events that I was talking about before weren't actually um, marriage events. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There were actual art events. Yeah, I I kind of understood that. Nafisa, you're even more out of the game than me because I got what Miriam was talking about. (laughs) No, you didn't. That's that's why I was like, I don't go to art events and have people come up to me. That just doesn't happen. Miriam, obviously, (laughs) if it happens to you, Miriam, you obviously tell us how do you go to an event and be approachable enough for someone to approach you? Well, I don't know if I can kind of name drop the the apps and stuff like that. (laughs) But, um, you know, meet up and things like that. They have dedicated groups for, you know, certain social circles and things like that. And they put, put on the event. So it might be just, you know, a group of people going to a restaurant, for example, or like I said, to an art gallery or a different event. So that's that one. But I have also been to the marriage ones as well. Friends of mine dragged oh me gosh. along. That was really interesting. Um, How did that go? It, it was it was all right. I, I don't think I would do it in terms of finding a a marriage partner but I would go to support a friend or whatever because you kind of have the women sitting in one row and the men move along and there's like a bell or something every couple of minutes oh my god dear they move along (laughs) like a cow herd (laughs) I was just just gonna say you might have a cattle market (laughs) sorry it's so funny you sit there and it's like you're interviewing these men and they're nervous you're uncomfortable it's a really kind of what's the word like unnatural environment but if you can do that honestly you can do anything (laughs) (laughs) okay 
So what do you do now then? So events are over, you know, restaurants are over, life is pretty much over for most of us. What's going on now then? How are you looking for somebody at the moment? I mean, I've done a bit of reading around what's happening now and apparently the apps are busier than ever. Maybe now people have got time to actually get to know each other, maybe on a deeper level and um, put effort into trying to find somebody. So dating apps are actually finding an increase in, in people joining. It's definitely you know, gotten bigger. And I was dating in sort of lockdown one, I would say, because then it was new and everything was happening and I was getting to know people and then, you know, meeting them in the park or something, just going for a walk. Obviously, it's a public space. It's during the day, you're safe and that sort of thing. But after that, I think things just kind of changed, I guess, as the the news was getting worse. I didn't really have the same, um, what's the word, like investment or desire to do the same. So what what are you doing differently lockdown two? Are you less bothered, would you say, then? Um, Well, it's lockdown three now, isn't it? Lockdown two. You know lockdown two? Can I ask you guys something? Yeah. When was lockdown two? I don't even remember lockdown two. Wasn't it August when we were eating out to help out? (laughs) Was that lockdown? That That wasn't lockdown. lockdown (laughs) I'm I'm with you here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. definitely. We didn't feel the second one. But number three feels completely different. I'm not really in the same mood I guess to meet new people. You know what you were saying earlier about apps and marriage sites that have an increase in membership that's absolutely true. I will name drop here Musmatch and I know it's a controversial app Um, it's like Marmite you either love it or hate it but now I think they've got four million members on there so I think um, I don't know people in you know they're at home now so they've probably got more time to swipe and get to know people is that how it works how does it work um, I, I use as much as well actually it's like you said Marmite <laughs> definitely <laughs> um, but you kind of create your profile so you put your photos up you have a short bio and then you just start swiping you can put in your kind of um, deal breakers I guess it might be location or I don't know what kind of sex they follow things like that um must have a photo you know whatever it is and then you start swiping and see if there's a match so if there isn't a match if they don't like you back then you can't message each other something like that okay okay so, so it's, it's like what happens at speed dating but online yes exactly yeah, the same both thing. tick each other's boxes in order to talk <laughs> So swipe right is a like and swipe left is a dislike. Is that, That's right. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. So what happens when there's a match, say you both swipe right? So then one of you will message the others. I usually wait for the guy to message first. Are you um, traditional like that? Kind of, something like that. But also, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see how keen they are and kind of judge their first message, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. So I need to know. What kind of first messages have you had? Talk us through like the best and the worst. Okay, so I'll start with the most boring. The most boring is, hi, how are you? I will not reply. Oh my God. God. (laughs) I just think, you know, there's so much competition out there. That is the most boring thing. It's put no effort into it. I'm not replying. I don't care. And then do you do unfollow or whatever it is? Um, is I don't even bother to unmatch. So we're having a masterclass in um, marriage apps right here. I feel like I need to do it all over again, Nafisa, just to experience this. Oh, Oh, yeah, just to experience (laughs) this. It's got nothing to do with Bridgerton. (laughs) What's his name? The Duke. Have you met anyone like the Duke? The Duke of, what is it, Hastings? I haven't actually watched Bridgerton. (laughs) You haven't watched Bridgerton? Watch it and then we'll have that conversation. Okay, cool. I'll come back. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the the worst or the boring ones are, hi, how are you? Um, other bad ones have been kind of straight into personal questions. 
uh, like? Hobbies. Um, sometimes I think I've had ones where it's like, oh, why did you get divorced? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is that a chat up line? Do you know what I thought you were going to say? Go on. I, I thought you were going to say, what bra size are you? you oh, know, no, I've had, had that. that. I've had <laughs> all. You said, oh, Best no, thing. you have. I've had fetishizing. I've had <gasps> body shaming. I've had dick huh? pics. And this, oh, my God. Yeah, this oh is not God. something shocking, ladies. If you speak to anybody that's single, they've probably had it worse than I have. And I think because I wear a hijab in my pictures, my messages are not as bad. Oh, mm. my that's so sad it's that they really think sad. that if you don't wear a hijab, then it's then a, you're it's fair a, game, basically. Yeah, you're yeah. fair game for harassment. Yes. and well, that's really sad. So, what about what's a good what's a good chat up line? How does a man slide into Miriam's DM? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. <laughs> I think the best ones have been, you know, anything complimentary. If you're speaking to a woman for the first time, it's really not difficult. I always think like. It's not hard. You just have to compliment us and be genuine <laughs> and relate it to the profile. Um, yeah. So the best ones were, actually, the my favourite one was just truth or dare. Oh, that's fun. That's that actually was, quite interesting. Game, straight yeah. up, isn't that it? That was brilliant. Yeah. That was my favourite. And then other okay. ones might be... Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, stop question. right yeah. there. Truth <laughs> or dare, what did you reply? Um, I said truth. Okay, and what would then. have been the dare? Well, it would be something like do this and then take a photo and you'd have to have the date on it or something all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would have oh, played this. <laughs> I'm really, I'm just, no, I was just thinking, you know, imagine they say dare, like, take your clothes off. What are you going to do no, then? No, then you, like, piss off. And then, like, <laughs> I'm going to force you to do the dare. <laughs> well, you're playing truth and dare, you know. <laughs> Follow the rules and all that. So that but, was quite um, a creative one. I did like that. So what was your truth? Um, oh, I can't remember that now, but what I mean is as a hook, it was really good. This was a Sorry. while ago. You know, you kind of blank them out after a while because it's it's a lot, you know. You get so many messages um, and it sounds like a good thing, but actually you have to weed through a lot of the kind of unsuitable ones yeah, to get to what you're actually looking for. So do you have any stories regarding any experiences you've had? Yeah, so I was thinking about this earlier and I think you'd enjoy knowing that I don't tolerate lateness. It might okay. be my teacher back. Teacher in you. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> is I a reckon, teacher as well, by the way. So I recognised you know. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if they are not here within a couple of minutes, I will leave. Literally really? two minutes. Yeah. Why are you so... Because they haven't let me know beforehand. <gasps> oh, okay. If they've Fair messaged enough. me, you know, 15 minutes before or whatever, you know, I'm running late, I'm still not going to be happy about it because it's a first date. If you are mm-hmm. if you can't make the effort on the first one, it's not yeah. going to work for me because I am a stickler for time. So I'm not going to choose somebody that's tardy. Yeah, understand. And that's fair enough. No point kind of wasting time. I know it sounds harsh, but I think late people should be with late people and early people can be with me. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I have my deal breakers too. And one of them is I don't like noisy eaters. So Uh, that's like my best friend. She can't bear it. It's a real condition, you know. Yeah, I know. I read about it. (laughs) I didn't want to read too deeply. But um, yeah, I've got a husband who is, I would say, a fairly noisy eater. And I have to tolerate it, but it's oh okay. Gosh. So then it wasn't a deal breaker for you then? Well, I thought it would be, but then um, I'm now living with it. It's it's okay. I can put it to one side, you know, and it's not so bad all the time. It's just sometimes. Depends on what it is, right? Yeah. And depends on how many kids are making more noise in the background. So, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what kind of guys do you come across on these online dating apps? Um, what kind of guys? Like, are they camps? Are they like camp this full of that and camp that is full of this? Or I guess it's like a 
reflection of society you'll have a bit of everything you'll have people that are kind of good matches for you and then you'll have others that are completely unsuitable so for example personally I'm looking for somebody that is settled here and that does want to live in London so you know you get people that you feel that actually they don't really want you they're just looking for stability and I'm not here to project manage anybody (laughs) you know it's just a bit difficult trying to find the right balance I guess how do you clock that? How do you clock that so quickly about a person? Um, I think it's very much about trusting your gut. So again, this is coming back to the confidence thing I mentioned earlier. You have mm-hmm. to know yourself and you have to trust your instincts. I'm quite judgmental, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's in a bad way. I just look at a person and think, do I want to be with you for the rest of my life? And that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I don't get that feeling, then I don't see the point in continuing. So for example, one of them, um, you know, asked me out, but then asked to split the bill at the end when they invited me. Oh, no, no that's a no, no, no that's me. just a no, no. Yeah, that's a no, no. But then I've had some other interesting ones where, for example, he was late. So I left and then he followed me in an Uber he was like, where oh are you God. going? I'll come and, oh come and get you from there. So then I was like, okay, fine. You know, that's showing effort. You um, made up for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things oh, like okay. that. And I guess you can kind of pick up when somebody's fake or a catfish. I have quite a, I have a, what's the word? Flowchart. <laughs> okay. a, a real a real flowchart, an actual no, flowchart. I have a system. So okay. if, I, if I look through, I, I'll scan through someone's profile very quickly. And it's true, like, you know, when you're hiring for a job or somebody's looking at your CV, you're not going to spend more than a few seconds on it, are you? You're literally yeah. just going to scan up and down, see, do the pictures match up to what he's saying? You know, does he have good grammar, for example? That's um, very important. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I think so too. I just, I'm not looking for tech speak and, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just see if that matches up. Do they look attractive? Do they look like somebody you might be able to get on with? And then you match and you message and you see if there's a connection there. Then you do a telephone call. Then you do a FaceTime call to make sure they are who they say they are. So because of your FaceTime call, I suppose that weeds out the catfishes. Yeah. Immediately. This is from experience. Okay, so I need to know now about the catfish, obviously. It's never got past the FaceTime. So okay. I've caught them quite quickly. But I guess the experiences are my friends' horror stories. This is what I have yeah. to say. You know, my my worst stories don't belong to me. And I would say thankfully, but if it happens to our sisters or our friends, it's the same, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, definitely had some horror stories from friends. I think one of the worst ones was somebody who's not Muslim, but she met somebody on a date. One thing led to another and then he ended up at her place to hang out. And then he wouldn't leave. Oh my god, <laughs> that's quite scary. You know that terrifying, yeah. isn't it? Like you cannot invite a stranger into your home, but also mm. they need to leave. <laughs> so how did she get him out? I think eventually she just managed to get him out. Like he left when he was ready. You know, it's nothing yeah. to do with her. So things like that. I think we have to be really, really careful in terms of who we're giving our numbers to and who we're, you know, definitely don't let anyone pick you up from home. They are strangers at the end of the day, whether they're on a Muslim app or not. You don't know if they're already married or if they're, you know, able to get married or if they are who they say they are. So you have to be really, really sensible and trust your gut. Any red flags, you need to be out of there. So, you know, your family, how do they feel about all this um, dating? Um, to be honest, when I say dating, it's a different sort of dating to mm-hmm. the Western way we're expected to date, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so wh- why would they, f- why do they feel safe, let's say, with the way you're doing it? So how are you doing it that's different to the Western? So I would like to meet somebody in a public place, you know, during the day, 
if possible mm-hmm. and keep it short for the first date you know we're not there to hang out for hours and hours and just kind of it, it, I guess it is like a first interview just to see if there mm-hmm. is a spark if there's a connection and if you think you can move on to the second date I don't really give too much away in the first date just to let them talk more. So what kind of questions do you ask them? What are your immediate, you know, filtering questions that you ask? Them? Well, they're kind of done on the telephone call and the FaceTime call. You get oh, those out of the way. So I find that's okay. quite easy because they've already passed the two stages by the time you've met. Mm-hmm. But they've already kind of made you laugh or, you know, kept you interested. So when you meet, it's a bit more relaxed, I would say. What kind of questions do you ask on the first interview stage so the first interview bit would be the normal kind of what do you do and what do you do for fun and just also crack some jokes and see what they're like in a humorous mood because sometimes humor can be um can tell you a lot about a person and coming back to the worst ones I had somebody tell me I think we were talking about something he was like what are you doing and I said oh I'm a bit peckish I'm gonna go and get a snack um, and he said something about, I, I said, oh, I've got an appetite now. I've built up an appetite. And he said, oh, you look like you've got a 24-7 appetite. What? Oh, my goodness. Was well, that supposed That's to be just... a joke? Well, I was That's... like, do you mind explaining what you meant by that? You know, because sometimes when you ask them to explain, it embarrasses them. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm chubby like you, so I can say that. I just <gasps> kept digging. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. So what did you say after that? I was like, thanks, this has been great, but I'm now gonna block you. <laughs> and he just oh had to go. God. You know, there's no second chances with things like that. You get no also way. guys that are quite misogynistic or they're yeah. you know, I don't know if you've heard of like the incel movement where men you expect know? things from women just because they've reached out to you. They expect us to be loving and giving and kind and sexually available just because they found us attractive. Oh, so what we have to be like, you know, grateful, grateful for the rest of our lives because yeah. we're attracted to oh, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Me, so it's, it's the other way around. Yeah. This is the thing. You have to weed out all of these things. It sounds it sounds quite painful, Miriam. Yeah, I don't know about painful. It's definitely stressful at times. There's been times where I've had to just delete the app, like for now, and just take a break because I can't deal with more strangers. You know, trying to get to know me. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like enough. Yeah, Yeah. because you've gone through quite a few, so you're probably tired by it now. Fatigued. And then going back to like the worst ones, I would say it it can be really difficult when you find a connection with somebody and then they start ghosting or, you know, playing Mm -hmm. games or you get a hint of them being a bit controlling or that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And it's just disappointing. So I just, you know, it's going to have to be someone really special that enhances my life, you know, and adds Mm -hmm. value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why settle for something less? What, What is the point of it? If you're happy with your life. And then to bring somebody into that life, obviously, they'll have to make it better in some way, right? Yeah. Not just drag you down and make it worse. Well, actually, something interesting, just to change the topic slightly, um, a funny part about the app would be, you know, seeing people you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that. So oh, think, wow. Yeah, so it's, obviously, the ones that I've seen have been single and looking for people, so that's fine. But, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting one. And then I was saying to my friend the other day, you know, do you feel concerned that you know, people will see you on a date with somebody and then maybe tell your family or something like that. How do you feel about it? Um, And what she said was really interesting because her family's quite strict. And she said, look, if anybody does say anything, I'll say, I'm trying to find a husband. I'm trying to do the right thing. (laughs) So what's the problem? And I quite like that that openness Mm -hmm. there's nothing to be ashamed of there's nothing to hide yeah so um just coming back to the whole pandemic thing in the first lockdown other than 
you know, speaking to them on the phone or FaceTime. Did you attempt to meet them in the park as you're walking for exercise or how did you go around the rules? Yeah, so um, it was part of the rules, wasn't it? You could meet one yeah. person outdoors yeah. for a walk and that sort of thing. So that's what I did. It was a few different people, but obviously we maintained a distance and, mm-hmm. you know, just spent maybe half an hour together or something. So you know what? It sounds to me that the pandemic has made things even more halal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two metres is right. <laughs> Isn't it? Imagine yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, you're outside, you're in public, in the daytime, you're not getting into the car, you're not going anywhere dodgy, you're not going to restaurants, two metres distance. It sounds like a pretty perfect setup for a Muslim. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know what? We've got a Facebook group under the same name, Not Another Mum Pod Facebook group. We've got some sisters in there who were discussing this very topic um, today and a few days ago. And one particular sister, mentioned that um, they know of people who've met in supermarkets so they would actually say I'm going to be in this aisle at that time and they would just have a conversation <laughs> I thought that was quite ingenious because that, that sounds quite fun actually yeah I hadn't, that hadn't entered my head yeah because that's kind of like gives you a lot of like um, stuff to talk about yeah what food are you eating (laughs) all that kind of stuff you can tell a lot about a man by what he puts in his shopping trolley actually that that is interesting so that's that's one of them and the other one she mentioned which I thought was also quite okay was meeting in a car park you're in your car they're in their car and all you're doing is talking through the window a bit far away that sounds so, like rubbish like that's yeah the worst <laughs> date ever interesting. <laughs> and of course you know meeting in the park is always um i think people do and she said in both instances uh family was watching from afar oh wow so oh, wow. that was that yeah i, oh, I don't know how i feel about that I can uh-huh. have anyone there kind of watching. That would be really awkward. But I guess yeah. you have to do whatever you can to feel safe. So I can't blame her either. Yeah, I mean, they weren't in um, listening distance, but they were around. So, you know, they felt that if they needed rescuing or, you know, if anything went a bit yeah. um, awry, they've got some backup, that's all. So, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Miriam, have you ever, like, the guys past stage one, past stage two, it's time to meet and it's been a total disaster. How do you get out of that situation? while you're with them in the park do you just like to run away <laughs> I think it's, it's quite easy for us women to be like yeah so I'm gonna go I've got things to do <laughs> just, I've never really felt bad about that because you know you're not promising them marriage you're not promising them a life together it's the first meeting so I think that's another thing we have to stop feeling guilty about hurting people's feelings Mm-hmm. it's not you know if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out it would be worse to stay and pretend you feel something you don't I had somebody who kept That's calling true. me mate and I was like yeah I'm not down for this so see you later how what did they say <laughs> what could they say you know they were really upset about it but I just thought well I've told you at least once already and it clearly it doesn't bother you that much so there's no point mm. So, you know, the kind of questions that you have at the beginning, I know the normal questions of what do you do and all of those kind of things, but you have a system where you've listed the non-negotiables, deal breakers, or, you know, certain questions that you ask to find out more about them in terms of their life at home, if they've got any hang-ups, you know. So do you have a list that you refer to? Um, I don't know about a list so much. I try to kind of individualize it I guess depending on who I'm with sometimes they'll answer those sorts of questions themselves anyway but I guess Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in what what sparks joy in people going to kind of Marie Kondo here but like Mm -hmm. what makes people feel passionate what are they interested in because that's going to give you an idea of their values and what's important to them 
So that's probably a major one for me. And, you know, 24-7 appetite, obviously food. <laughs> you need to be on the same plate with that. <laughs> what, what about family values or how they are with their parents and siblings and their own temperament and things like that? Yeah, definitely. But I guess I wouldn't really want to ask in a sort of interview way, even though it is. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of make it more of a conversation and, you know, weave in some jokes, make it funny. <laughs> And sort of get to know them organically like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my friend did it the other way. She had a clipboard list of questions and and we told her she's crazy and, you know, she's scaring everybody off. But actually that way paid off and she's doing really well now and, and has found someone really lovely. So I think there's, I think it's not one size fits all. Yeah. I mean, for myself, I I had something similar. It wasn't a clipboard. It was just a scrap piece of paper that um, I just wrote down some key questions, had about three conversations, got through all of life's questions that were important to me, such as, you know, family values and level of Islam, outlook of life, you know, role of a woman, role of a wife, a a role of a daughter-in-law, you know, all those kind of things. Mm. Um, And yeah, maybe I think all in all, within three to four hours of conversation across three days, I got all the information I needed. And that was enough for me. And then it was only after the formalities that we got to know each other properly. I think it depends on the other person as well, isn't it? So if they match you in that way, if you're both on the same wavelength, then it's going to work I think out. I also have to say that, you know, people are nervous on the first meet. They can be nervous or sometimes they might not be completely truthful. This is what you'll find in a lot of people that um, where the marriage maybe doesn't work out. And, and you'll say, well, how come you married them if they were like that? And you'll say, well, they weren't like that at the beginning. You know, so mm-hmm. that's if the person is truthful when you're doing the dating, you know, whichever way you are. Miriam, you mentioned that obviously you were married before. Um, how has dating or finding someone changed from back then to now? Do you think it's still exactly the same? Is everything's the same or would you say it's evolved? So I got married very young, so I didn't really date much then. So I can't really compare. But I would say now definitely um, things are different in terms of, you know, we have more technology. I guess people are a bit more open minded. And that's a, a, a good story I would share, actually, that I was a bit nervous and hesitant and wary about going into the dating world, um, especially after divorce. But actually, I found people to be really, really, I don't know what the word is, like welcoming and kind. And I wasn't expecting that. And that's from family and friends and people that, you know, I've met online. So do you think because you've been divorced, have you had any experiences when you're meeting someone, a a stranger, where they felt that, oh, you're divorced, so you'll be easy to access? And, you know, especially a lot of people believe that a lot of these dating apps, it's more a sexual app where they're just looking for a fun time. Would you say that you felt any of that? Yeah, definitely. I think that does happen. But again, you can kind of quickly weed them out Mm-hmm. very soon um, and hopefully before you even meet in person so I've had lots of people that I've kind of had that phone call with and just been like yeah no we're not going to meet yeah so has anyone ever approached you boldly about it oh yeah you know, you have, intimacy yeah I've had everything you know good and bad and everything in between so yeah oh dear and what do you do you just hang up straight away or you give them an earful I just block them straight away. I have no time. I was going to ask you, actually, um, do you ghost people? (laughs) No hesitation. It goes both ways. What can I say? So without like a reason, you'll just be like, you know what, I've had enough. Yeah, like like, I said, I just just block them. Delete the app when I've had enough. And, you know, my my own sanity comes first before these people on on an app. I was going to ask you, has anyone ever approached you for polygamy? 
because a lot of people think, okay, you're divorced, you know, you've got no choice um, and you're slim picking. So you might be more likely to. Yes, I've know. had that as well. And I've also had where people haven't told me they're married and then you find out later. Um, it might be a profile picture on Facebook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or somebody else will tell you. Um, but, really you know, scary. these are these are quite rare stories, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If you're really rigid with, you know, cutting people as soon as you see anything that doesn't match up with your own values, you don't really come across this too much. I find it's more when you're open and, you know, give people second and third chances and, you know, think, oh, maybe they didn't mean it. That's when you run into trouble. I guess so. So you've got to be yeah. pretty cut. I mean, you are with you as well, so it, it does go both ways. So have you ever liked anybody who hasn't liked you back at a certain point where you wanted to take it forward, but then they didn't? And how did that make you feel? Yeah, it, it does happen. And I guess it's difficult. Um, and you think that the, maybe the person wasn't ready and they're not committed enough. And actually, you've dodged a bullet. So it's, it's hard at first. You know, you, you do feel pain. Um, but after that, you can only see the blessing in it so you have to kind of move on plenty of fish and all that (laughs) (laughs) but is there though do you feel like there are plenty of fish in the sea because like I've got a friend who's um she was married for 10 years um she broke up quite recently and yeah she's like kind of looking into it a little bit and she's like you just see the same kinds of people over and over and over again yeah I guess so I I feel like it's What's the word? Like, yes, there's definitely a sense of, oh, I don't want to be doing this. And, oh, it's the same people again. Or you run out of profiles or whatever. Once you've put in all your criteria, sometimes you limit your options by doing that. But I've also found when you're not looking properly, that's when somebody comes along. And that's how it's been for me kind of every time. And there's been people that I have kind of wanted to move forward with. um, And now I'm grateful that it didn't work out for one reason or another. So I'm still figuring it out. Of course. I mean, Allah is the best of planners at the end of the day. So, you know, there's always something better out there for us. And um, do you ever think to yourself, you know what, there might come a time where there won't be anybody and I'm okay with that? Yeah, 100%. I think... You know, I think we are kind of fed this idea that you have to be married and have the perfect children and the f- perfect house and all this kind of thing. And I just think it it damages women more. Mm-hmm. It puts us into boxes and it also puts pressure on us to be perfect. And that doesn't feel right to me. And I don't feel that same pressure, even though I know I'm supposed to. So it's a bit freeing in that way. Yeah. And why do you think it is? Is it, do you think it's because your family aren't pressuring you or your social circle isn't pressuring you? How have you freed yourself? It's a really good question. I don't know if I have the answer, but I guess it's just life and experience. When you go through different things, you realise that you're not living for others. It's just you at the end, isn't it? You come into the world alone and you go alone. So everything in between is just a bonus. That's a really good attitude, actually. Um, I think that's really healthy as well, because I know lots of people who are of a certain age or they have been divorced and there's a huge pressure on them to make it right, if you like, you know, um, quote unquote. And that's when they make mistakes, Nafisa. You know, when you've got that pressure and whether it's a time, you know, a time ticking away or you're divorced Mm -hmm. or whatever. um, Yeah, you feel so much pressure that you make mistakes. You go for somebody who you wouldn't ordinarily go for and then it turns out to be a complete disaster. I've definitely heard so many horror stories like that. I kind of feel like I'm one of the more boring options to have on your show today if I'm honest but yeah definitely you learn the hard way don't you that, that life gives you the best lessons that way um, and I guess you have to be satisfied in your own skin and as I said before I'm looking for somebody that will enhance my life because it's already pretty good you know I'm not looking for someone that's going to add drama <laughs> yeah absolutely Miriam, talking about like obviously looking for someone and the older we get the harder it is well generally speaking alhamdulillah you seem pretty 
confident yeah. and you're comfortable in your skin not to let that bother you but have you got to the stage where all your friends are getting married and it gets quite difficult to be around like all these married people constantly who are just too busy or got other commitments yeah, that's a really good question because I'm 33 which is not old and not young um, and a lot of my friends are married with kids and have been sort of for the past 10 years or so I would say and um, a lot of my friends started young as well so and I'm teaching so I'm around kids all the time so that's not really bothered me so much Plus, I'm not sure I even want children. So that's a whole other podcast, guys. So in that way, it's slightly different. But also, if I'm 30, then it's different to when I'm 40 and 50 and 60 and single. So I think when I speak to my friends that are 40 and 50 and single, the conversation is slightly different. They're, They're kind of less hopeful, I guess. So it might be age-related. Yeah, I've just had, um, again, another sister from our group who mentioned that, uh, well, she advises all sisters who are older not to bother looking. She actually stands by it. Another sister also agreed with her. The advice is not to bother looking because there aren't any good men for you at that age. Wow. Uh, Would you agree with that? (laughs) I I was really disheartened because I I know a 40-plus-year-old sister who recently got married and alhamdulillah, she found the kind of man that she's always wanted to be with. And and that gave me hope. I know a lot of other sisters in a similar situation. So to hear um, a couple of sisters to say that so factually was quite disheartening because obviously there's a lot in that because one I I know stories as well where people have got you know quite a few children and managed to get remarried or you'll see like a big age gap between people and they're super happy actually a lot of the messages I'm getting now are from much younger men which is surprising it's not really what I'm after but it's it wasn't like this before so I think seeing the age on your profile definitely has a, an impact on who messages you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think we have to take in, into consideration the fact that women are saying they can't do it anymore. They've been disappointed so much. You know, we have to look at why is this happening? There's a 50% rate of divorce worldwide, whether it's a Muslim country or not. So we have to look at the root cause of this family breakup. Absolutely. I was just going to ask you one more thing about... Um... What do you think is the one thing that's prevented you from finding the one? That's a good question. Again, it's it's like a question that I get on the apps as well. Why is someone like you still single? And there's no real easy answer to that. I I genuinely don't know. Um, I guess it's also you're kind of looking for a needle in a haystack. You're looking for that one person. And so that intrinsically means that most people are not him. Mm -hmm. You know, statistically, that's why. What advice would you have to any of our listeners who are maybe single or thinking of um, going online to meet someone during this pandemic? What lasting advice would you have? I think a few things. You need to have a friend to tell all your stories to because there will be plenty of those. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to be really strong in yourself when you're doing these things because you'll have people that kind of try to take you down or whatever. And, And the main thing is, I guess, to enjoy it and don't take anything personally. It's a bit of a model of different things there, but I would say in a nutshell, that's what helps me enjoy it as much as I can. You're not going to be single forever or you might not be married forever. You know, life is so fleeting and short. You have to enjoy and make the most of whatever happens. And I think, I guess the main thing for me is to be authentic and be genuine. So then if something didn't work out, I couldn't be like, oh, I shouldn't have lied or maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, I did everything on on my terms. And if it didn't work out, then so be it. We're coming to the end of the show, but before we wrap up, can we summarise the key takeaways for those looking for marriage, whether you're in 
been a pandemic or not. So one from all of us. I think the main thing is to have fun, be yourself and don't take it too seriously. That's three things. Is that allowed? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. I think that's a really good takeaway. Yeah, I think one thing that's really stood out for me is just to ask the right questions. Yeah. And when there are red flags, leave it. I think as women, we're taught to be so like forgiving, you know, if anything goes wrong, no, give everyone the benefit of the doubt and, you know, see the goodness in everybody. And some people are just not mm-hmm. right for you. Maybe they're good for somebody else. But if they've said or done something that isn't right for you, you don't owe them anything. You're not in love with them. Your parents aren't making you meet them. You know, there's nothing holding yeah. you to them. So, you know, ask the questions. And if you get the answers you don't want, then like Miriam said, it's okay to yeah. ghost them. To be honest, I'm not sure about ghosting, how yeah. I feel about that. I don't know how I would cope if that happened to me. That would stress um, me out. Um, yeah. um, From my end, um, I've got a couple, but I think one of the main things, just follow your gut. Um, If you've got a red flag, if you've got even an amber flag, anything like that, just follow your gut. If you're in doubt, ask about those doubts, clarify them and, you know, feel absolutely reassured about them. Don't just ignore them. Ask the right questions. I agree with you on that as well. Mariam, before we go, I I wanted to ask you, have you ever taken a marriage preparation course or even after your divorce? Have you had any counselling or anything like that to help you move forward? I haven't done a marriage preparation course, but I did have some counselling after the divorce. And that was really helpful. That I would recommend to anybody going through a tough time, especially now in the pandemic. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. So one of my main points I was going to say before ending is that so many people in our research recommended healing after divorce or even just, you know, if growing up, you've had childhood traumas or, you know, in adulthood, if you've gone through a bad time, if you've got anger management problems, anything that you know could impact your future relationships, it's important to have a healing process, whether that's with a professional or however you want to do it just make sure you've addressed those things because any future relationships you have you know it will rear its ugly head you know it will come out and it would need uh, addressing so I think that's a really important one okay um so I would also add one last we keep saying one last don't we flipping egg it's like those Asian (laughs) guys who are stuck at the door forever (laughs) got so much to say um but I think one um thing that we've not mentioned so far is to just make dua to Allah as well throughout this whole process marriage is also like something that's so sacred and you know we can't do without Allah's help so I think it's important to make istikhara and to know that we don't have to make istikhara over massive things it doesn't have to be should I marry this person but should I continue talking to this person should I meet this person you know to just constantly seek Allah's guidance along the way and they'll be borrowing in that yeah I agree with that and with the istikhara thing don't also get hung up on oh I didn't see anything I didn't have a dream I didn't get a feeling just keep doing the dua for seven days do it as often as you like it's it's literally a dua it's a prayer even if you don't get to do all the you know rituals around it that's fine just do the dua even if you're on your period do the dua you know it's always important to have Allah's guidance on your side so whatever the outcome is you'll always feel like it was meant to be and then even when you have those last minute anxieties and all those butterflies and fears you know just trust in Allah as much as you can just try and say okay you know what I'm going to leave it to him and then whatever will happen will happen you know just try and trust him as much as you can. Miriam, based on everything you've been saying, like online dating does sound like it can be quite cutthroat. And I think the way that you're dealing with it is amazing because you're so confident and comfortable in your skin and you're taking it lightly and as fun as it can be kind of thing. It's helping you, but obviously not everyone can do that. So I was just, just thinking to myself that I think it's really important to know who you are and like you as a person 
before you can subject yourself to something like this. Because if you have confidence issues, if you're insecure, then it's like people can just tear you to pieces and rip up whatever shred of dignity you've got left. Yeah. So I feel like you need to work on yourself maybe as well before you venture into this. This is exactly it. What so do you guys think? What you said about healing before you move on. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I cut you off, Tass. <laughs> no, no, I was done. Was that a question? <laughs> No, at the end I was like, what do you guys think? That was my question. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think that's what's kind of been my saving grace, to be honest, because if you go in feeling like you're not good enough, they will take, tear you apart. But once you know who you are, it's a lot harder for anyone to get under your skin. I'm not saying it's not impossible. Yeah. Just for our listeners as well, um, coming back to the marriage counselling or marriage preparation courses, they're really, really helpful in order to anticipate what kind of things can happen, what kind of trials you might have and how to deal with them. And also just how to be happy, really. So a lot of people have recommended Ajmal Masru services, which he runs with his wife, Henrietta, at barefootinstitute.com. They have courses on how to prepare for marriage, how to be emotionally intelligent, emotionally resilient, stuff about sexual intimacy and so forth Um, and they also have this highly recommended book Uh, a lot of people have recommended this it's called 10 steps to getting and staying married written by brother Ajmal himself lastly the other courses uh, sister Megan uh, Wyatt whether you're single or married she has many courses uh, to prepare and coach you her website is called wivesofjannah.com you can also buy her ebook called a Muslim's wife's guide to discovering what's greater than sexy in a spiritually conscious marriage so that sounds really really interesting we'll drop all those links into the show notes as well taz final words um yeah so one last point for everyone women men brothers sisters i think it's really important to seek help and get counseling for any personal issues that you might have been through growing up or in adulthood that has impacted your emotional well-being even before thinking of getting married you know a lot of people go into marriages with so much baggage from past traumas that you know it kind of projects onto their marriage and it can end up ruining it so I think you need to like what you said ensure that you're healed from your past experiences because you don't want it to rear its head and affect future relationships um, especially you know when you've had a bad yeah, breakup I agree with that it really bugs me a lot of people I know they just move from one person to another like without even oh yeah I got divorced okay I'm going to move on now and then they find someone straight away and I'm always saying to my husband has that person had healing you know have they learned from what they've just been through has there been adequate time between the last one before moving on to the next because then the whole cycle just repeats itself also i just wanted to mention on our show notes on the website i will put down a list of recommended questions that have been collated by us from various sources um, muslim mama's sisters sent some questions and questions we've used ourselves if you wanted a guide of what kind of questions to ask when you meet somebody and also how to meet potential people for marriage we'll put some ideas down into our show notes as well so do look out for that all right, so Miriam, thank, thank you, you so for much for coming on the show today and sharing your experiences yeah, with us. Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to add before we... Um, I would be really interested to hear everyone else's stories about online dating too. So maybe that could be opened up to the audience just to know that I'm not alone in all of this. Sure, Taz, add uh, Miriam to our Facebook group and then you can see what people are saying about their online experiences. We can definitely drop a thread down for that when we release this. Amazing. Sure. Thank you so much, both of you. Okay, thank you so much, Miriam. Really happy to meet you thank you it's been really fun thanks okay thank you take care bye you've been listening to Nafisa and Tasneem thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed our show don't forget to subscribe share and review 
Follow us on Insta and Facebook at NotAnotherMumPod as well as on Twitter, mum underscore pod. You can also listen to all our pods on www.notanothermumpod.com as well as on all your favourite podcast platforms. Shall we go to bed now? <coughs> really? Ow. I can't cuddle you. I can't fit in your bed. Yes, be awake forever. Good night, children. Say Allahumma. Allahumma. Bismika. Amutu. Wahia. Allahumma. Bismika. Amutu. Wahia.